0: uncomfortable,
1: Mr. Lebowski. Uh, is that what this is a picture of?
2: In a sense, yes. My art has been commended as being strongly vaginal.
1: This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. It allows life to exist in
2: the bleak Black emptiness of space.
1: Providing insight. I don't know. She said that. <laughs>
2: Maybe Saint Sneaker comes and like puts little trinkets in the
1: commentary. He found himself in a world turned upside down.
2: <laughs> flare, 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 flare. And conjecture. It looks like the pool is empty. They shot it all at a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And now, gutterball. <laughs> <Get it. laughs> I have nothing to say. Ah, there's two of them, doing that. Did you notice yeah. that?
1: We should practice that. Oh, we go on the oh, circuit, ah, the Lebowski ah, circuit.
2: Ah, but one of them's mostly doing breath. The other one's got like a little bit of a melody to it.
1: Yeah, you should get um a recording of that, and you should, in post, add that to the background of this whole podcast.
2: <laughs> just the entire thing.
1: Yeah, it can just be in the background, just ever so subtly.
2: Well, and then what you do is, if you want to be, you know, true to form... You would fade it out as we reach, you know, the hour and 40 minute mark. So by the time we got to two hours, it would be completely gone. But it would fade out so subtly that you wouldn't even notice. Yeah. Because they do that in this. Starting at 43, 38 or so, it starts to fade out.
1: It's another one of those subtle tricks.
2: Yeah, subtle little trick. So it takes like 20 seconds, right? And then by the time this minute is just ending, like they're gone, which is weird because, as far as we know, there's no other people in this apartment. But she could have like people swinging from rafters up there chanting. Who knows what she's doing? Yeah,
1: it could just be. Maybe that's just how her piece of music is. This, this whatever this audio is, she's playing. Whether it was she specifically commissioned it for herself, for her art, or maybe it's even she herself. She dabbled in music. Well, when she was hanging out
2: with Autobahn, you know, she probably had her own like art rock, art, experimental ambient type
1: band. Her own uh, ambient art chant.
2: (laughs) Ambient art chant.
1: And maybe it. it does fade out for that amount whether she did it or it was commissioned or maybe it's just even the piece of work it might make sense you know thinking artistically i think this is the type of group that would fade that out slowly so like it never disturbs the listener too much and then with an abrupt end if you loop it
2: it fades in slowly so it's like this sine wave of ambient art chanting coming in and out
1: exactly like all of a sudden like you you've been listening to it for 6 minutes and you didn't even realize when it started
2: exactly that's right and this is the early 90s now around the time of our conflict with Saddam and as we all know the 90s if you didn't have and maybe this ambient art chant is they're the, some of the ones who ushered in this concept this uh, innovation but you had to have a track like a secret track or like right somewhere it would be like a little mystery like sometimes it would be the last track but it would be 20 minutes long and it would just come in at the end again yeah but it's
1: 18 minutes like space hog did that Mm -hmm. a lot of bands did that nirvana had that i think did they um well the beatles kind of had that at the end of sergeant peppers okay i mean it wasn't quite secret i mean there was a little bit of...
2: A little trickery.
1: Silence, and then that th- weird thing comes in, that weird sound. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. And then it had... <laughs> uh... Abbey Road had that little thing in yeah. the end too, Her Majesty.
2: Majesty is pretty... They probably didn't have the technology to do, like, truly secret tracks, because it right. was on vinyl, for God's sakes. Where are you going to well, put th- it?
1: Well, the issue is it's vinyl, so each side is a fixed amount of time. And you're like not going to spend 34 <laughs> minutes, you know, in 21 seconds or whatever. So, on side B, you always had maybe a little more space, to a little extra space at the end. Right, you can what play are you around with. with. It? Yeah.
2: Unless you're John Cage, you're not going to have 20 minutes and take up an entire side of an album of nothing, of just silence. Yeah,
1: or even if they're just yeah at it like you know. Because, you know, know, we we grew up kind of also in the age of the cassette tape, which had that same issue.
2: Another, yeah, fixed. You couldn't have one side be significantly longer than the other. They had to be about the same.
1: Yeah. And there was a fixed kind of length of each side. So, yeah, you got to that point where it's like, all right, well, there's eight minutes, extra minutes. What do we do? Well, we, and I think a lot of tapes did have that. It was like, okay, there's just eight minutes of silence. Yes. But if you wanted to be a little extra uh, playful. You, you threw something in there at the end. You, threw, you just threw some weird little thing in there in the end. Unexpected. Right. Yep. Not advertised.
2: JY, Tommy, dial us up something a little fun. 20 seconds. Although I don't think Sticks ever did that. That was too passe for them. They were so far beyond that. Now, are you yes. out of the Sticks rabbit hole at this point?
1: Yeah, I have to say I am. Okay. Good. I did spend a lot of time, though, after (laughs) our last podcast discussing sticks at length, (laughs) reading up and watching a lot of sticks. I don't remember what got me into it, but I looked up something, and then it was just a rabbit hole from there. Just when you're watching YouTube, you just go from video to video. And then it was just then I was like, you know, Christine, come here. You got to see this one. I'm like, what is going on here? Let's check this out. And then I was like, read Then I got curious. I started reading up on stuff and watching the VH1 special. All this stuff.
2: Now that one where they were on was it Regis and Kathy Lee? Yeah, Regis Lee and or? Kathy Lee. Yep. That was a weird one because the versions <laughs> of really the songs weird.
1: they were playing even
2: were baffling to me.
1: Well, so you might take offense at this, and I'm sorry. Not but right. when I, the Regis and Kathy Lee Sticks, I, that's what kind of took me out of the rabbit hole in the sense that I was like, I now understand this band. Okay. Like, if I saw this band, so like, you know, I said before, like, I don't know anything about Sticks, but if it was like 1990 or 91, and, it, you know, I tuned into Regis and Kathy Lee. That was 95, actually, if you can believe that. It wasn't 95. That's
2: when that Greatest Hits
1: album I mean, I came out. I thought Show Me The Way was on that Greatest Hits. Like, that was recorded specifically for that. It's like, again, like, kind of like a bonus. Like, here's an original song. No,
2: Show Me The Way was recorded for Edge of the Century, which came out in 1990. But, right. but Tommy had nothing to do with that. He was out of the band.
1: Right, I noticed in the video for that he wasn't in there.
2: In 95, they had a little reunion, and they released another Greatest Hits album, but the whole, right. like draw to it was they re-recorded Lady, this time with Tommy, because he wasn't yeah. in the band when they recorded Lady right. in 73, yes. 72, 73. He wasn't in there yes. until 76.
1: Yeah. yeah, Denny was sure to point that out on Regis and Kathy Lee.
2: Who's Denny? I thought
1: Dennis DeYoung. Oh, jeez. De- oh, I was oh. really... Danny. I'm really confused now. I thought for sure that, that I don't know, I guess, you, you know, so my research was incomplete or somehow an error. Or I just know, got the wrong impression.
2: Talk about bringing you out of it. <clears throat> if if you would have been going around referring to Dennis Young as Danny, <laughs> that really casts a whole new light on him.
1: He's quite a character.
2: Which he's sensitive to, so you wouldn't want to do that.
1: Yes, but it, uh, but so seeing them on Regis and Kathy Lee... And what was, like, was it I, about it? Th- if I was to see them on Redis and Kathy, okay, I've never heard this band before. Of this, oh, so I've never heard of this band. Maybe some of the songs. No, I don't really. No, I'm just gonna say I don't know any of those songs. Saw them on Redis and Saw these kind of middle aged people with long hair playing these this music. <laughs> it made sense to me. Somehow it just made sense to me. Like I could put that into my mind. Like I, I could imagine that happening somehow well
2: you don't have to imagine it you can look at it it did happen
1: yeah 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 yeah. it fits into my preconceived notion of how the world works somehow okay i don't know what it is about it
2: up until that point sticks had not fit into any of your various worldviews there was no No, little puzzle place for them
1: i wasn't they're like uncharacterizable (laughs) not just as music but, like, into, like, music and music history and history in general and humanity, like, everything. I just could not figure it out. Dr. Righteous <laughs> and his greasy fried chicken? It's just, like, an enigma. It's, like, so inscrutable. <laughs> but now, seeing the Maurice Cathy Lee, somehow it made sense to me. The power of Kathy Lee Gifford to sense-make here, like, worked.
2: That's, um... You know, that's actually pretty depressing because it's you've just ruined a mystery
1: (laughs) in a way, in a way.
2: You know, you you demystified sticks. It's like listening to the BBC recordings of the Beatles and demystifying the Beatles, or working at McDonald's and seeing behind the veil demystifying McDonald's. Like the food just doesn't just come fall out of a little hatch in the ceiling.
1: Yeah, so there's one thing. I'll say one more thing about sticks, and then maybe we can move on to Lebowski. <laughs> okay. Because we've been kind of remiss lately, I think. Yeah, maybe. So we will move on to Lebowski. We will. In a few minutes. I got plenty here. Dennis DeYoung, seeing him on that VH1 special. I don't know. He's. I just feel so sad for that guy. No. Because he's like, I think one day, you know, we'll go. Well, I'll get back on stage with those guys and you know it'll it'll be good it'll be sticks again and you know I never thought there'd be sticks without me up there but oh well but you know we'll do it again and then you know cut to JY no fucking way man we're fucking done with that guy <laughs> and it's just like oh come on man he had a medical condition like be be oh, fine we can make fun of it but come on he had to prioritize his health for a little bit. It just fucked up timing. But come on, man.
2: Now, was that a movie you just made in your head there? Where you're cutting no, from that's Denny VH, to J-1? That's
1: what happened. Well, unless someone screwed with it on YouTube. But I don't think so. That was a VH1 Behind the Music.
2: Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. Well, you know. You're you're 40, or your mid-40s, or however, however old they were. 55? Oh, 50. Yeah, 50-something. Know, Early 50s. Because, yeah. yeah, it was like 2002 or something. I think they're like 87 now. Yeah, they're 90. And you have one last chance to, like, cash in big time and go play some, you know, moderately-sized indoor stadium-type shows. You know? It's, you can make some money. And Dennis is like, I gotta wait. Guys, I gotta wait. The lights are too bright. Well, you know what? Fuck you.
1: Sorry. We're doing it. We don't need you. I can't understand why the other people did it either. It's still, it's just a, you know, the circumstance. It just, you know, and again, I know in these like reality shows, they play up the drama. It, but it just, you know, I feel, I feel really bad for the guy watching that VH1 thing talking about how they went on without him. They really, you know, made it like a, Poor old Dennis. And then after that, I clipped to some other thing. This is what really brought it home. So then after that, I clicked the next sticks video on YouTube. So I spent—I probably watched about nine hours of sticks videos (laughs) over the course of two days. (laughs) So the next sticks video was like a regular Tuesday for me back in 1994. Yeah, yeah. I watched. I clipped over. It was some like someone recorded like with an iPhone some live show. That, like, Dennis DeYoung was, it was, like, some outside thing, like, on the steps of City Hall or something. It was something. I mean, it was hard to tell because it was just a little iPhone shot, and he was kind of, so it's hard to tell, like, how big the venue was. But the way it was shot made it seem like, it, one, really kind of rinky-dink, and two, he's, like, going on. Like, Dennis DeYoung is here, like, talking about all the song and how it's important, and I, you know, I wrote it for my daughter, and she did the, you know, whatever he's going on, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the Iraq war veterans did the blue. Like, you know, he's talking about this stuff. Oh, and then, you know, my friend Johnny, he lost his leg in the war. He's going on, telling this, like, heartfelt story. But, like, no one's listening to him. It's just everyone's kind of just talking. Like, you, can't, you can barely hear him over the sound of, like, the crowd. It just, again, seemed so. And, and I know it's, like, a, tr- a trick of the camera. This is, like, an iPhone video or something. Right. So, like, the camera's picking up, not him, it's picking up the ambient noise and everything. It's omnidirectional. It's, but it's still, it just, the video itself just seemed like, I mean, you couldn't, like if Louis C.K. wanted to make a like, oh, oh, woe is me type video, he couldn't do it as better than this. It was just like, oh. And yet you felt Denny's for Danny is up there. You just kind of, I was just like, yeah, you know, I just. Poor, One of those painful
2: moments. I saw him, this wasn't too long ago, this might have been four or five years ago. He was, I want to say, like either touring or just playing this one, like another daytime television type show with his son's band. But he was <laughs> out there singing as frontman for them.
1: Yeah.
0: And that uh, well, was pretty yeah. heart wrenching. Yeah.
1: He does. I mean, seeing him in front, me, I can see... Again, it is like this kind of classic character in where you kind of feel bad for him even though he's kind of a dick. If that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. Because you can see yeah. him like, oh, it's so sad. He has to play with his son's band and he's being the front man. But then you feel like... But he like weaseled his way into that band. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> just like, step aside, son. Let a real man do this. Like, you know, like, let's just like. Let
2: me show you how a real rock star rocks yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. I was in Styx, you know. Ever heard of a little song called Blue Collar Man? Mm hmm. I didn't write it, but I played keyboards on it. Sang some backup harmony. Yeah, that was me.
1: Stick songs. I think another thing about the Regis and Kathy Lee clip, because that was just, uh, again, it was kind of on the Regis and Kathy Lee stage. It wasn't a full on, like, arena rock type thing. And it was just piano, two acoustic guitars. Those songs arranged that way also kind of made a little more sense. I don't know if that's true or not. In some cases, they made less sense. They made, in, in, in some cases, infinitely less
2: sense. sense. I didn't. What are you talking <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, okay so here's what it is hearing those songs like that is what normal stick sounds like to me huh maybe like this doesn't make any sense like what kind of song like what is that um you talk about time on my hands you talk about like, what inscrutable. Song does that uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> what it does what kind of a song is that do, like who does do, that Do do. Like, what is that? It's nothing. It's like nothing. Who would think a song should do that? It's a nice
2: uh <laughs> bass keyboard line.
1: I mean, it is, but it's still like, what? I don't know. It's confusing. It just confuses me. It confuses me almost as much as Mod's artwork confuses the dude. Well,
2: uh, I've seen sticks four times. I just wanted to say that live Dennis Young held my hat and so I'm not done talking about sticks I'm sorry you held your
1: hat while you puked
2: well I wasn't puking um I think uh JY might have been puking but no no nothing like that we just were up front and I had a hat and I held it up and he took it and looked at it and handed it back
1: oh yeah I remember you telling me that story even bigger than that um, but the- again, he was a dick. He looked at the hat and was like, "What the fuck? I thought this would like have something cool on it for me to look at." Here's your fucking hat back, shitbag. Well, He didn't want to keep my hat. He was being nice. <laughs> he kind of looked at it and was like, "What the fuck? No." He gave it back.
2: <laughs> well, that's true. Good point.
1: I didn't care. Like I thought maybe it was a custom embroidery job that said "sticks" in like, with like silver, or had like and D- gold. D D had like his
2: know. his. Is that what you call it? Yeah. What do you call it? Is that an anagram when you have your initials? Something like that. Something like that.
1: Would it be, would your anagram be like D, capital D, capital D, lower E, capital Y?
2: I don't know how you'd work that out with like the multiple uppercase letters in one word. I don't know how
1: you quite do that. How did that end up happening, man? How did they let that slide? Anyway, continue. So (laughs) I saw them, but I saw
2: the... fourth and final time I saw them, I guess this was, I saw them at Penn State. And my wife worked at a sub shop and somehow she used that as a a clever ruse. So we went to the show. We got tickets. We went to the show. But she said, we delivered all this food before and I have to pick up a receipt or something for it like that. But what she had really done was written in this incredibly, like, heartfelt, sincere mm, letter about how I grew up loving Styx and always wanted to meet them and on and on and sent it into the BJC people, the Bryce Jordan Center people or whoever it was that was kind of promoting the show and got me backstage to hand all of the members of Styx Penn State jerseys. And so we show nice. up at the Bryce Jordan, and we're going backstage, and the person's there with a the walkie-talkie. We're going down in the bowels, and she's putting on this ruse. Like, we just have to get a receipt. But I hear this person talking into their walkie-talkie, like, okay, got a people here for the thing. All right, all right, we're here. Oh, they're on their w- Okay, they're on their way. I'm like, and it took me until we're in the bowels of the thing, like, in this roped off area before it ever dawned on me like oh shit Sticks is about to walk around that fucking corner right now and then they did minus Dennis because they would kicked him out of the band at that point (laughs) (laughs) but it's still JY and Tommy and there they come and
1: nothing to shake a stick at
2: no and I have to like say something like on behalf of whatever, here's, and I'm sure I was you know, drool on myself. And then we got pictures taken. So I have this picture of my wife and I with our arms draped all over Tommy and J. Y. And my wife is in a J. Y. And Tommy sandwich in the, uh, in the picture. She's actually between them. That's it's pretty hot.
1: I was going to say.
2: Two Ts, three Ts, maybe. So there you go. I'm done
1: with sticks now. Wait, I want to go back to... I remember that being at Tussie Mountain. But I think I'm getting confused with the... Uh, the... Um, oh, what's his name? Ted Nugent Show. That oh, Jamie and I went to. You went. You saw Ted Nugent. Okay, yeah, that was you. Yeah. Well, they merged those two events in my mind. You like did. Ted Nugent opened for Sticks, and then Leslie got you and back.
2: <laughs> right. No, your your memory is completely erroneous. Often. So yeah, this often, often often very often this that time now that was great, and you say we saw Ted Nugent. We didn't really see Ted Nugent. We didn't even stay for more than like a song, song and a half. We were out of there. Who we really saw was uh, Slaughter was first. This was a quadruple billing. Nice. Slaughter, Quiet Riot, Night Ranger, and Ted Nugent. That's a... Now,
1: it, that is talk a, about
2: a fucking lineup.
1: That is a super lineup right there. That's a power powerhouse.
2: So our friend Jamie called into the radio station. I forget what he did, but he won these tickets. He's like called me up. It's like, do you want to go to a Slaughter Quiet Riot Night Ranger Ted Nugent quadruple billing for free? Uh, duh. So we went and there was a, you could bring your Slaughter albums and they were going to be signing CDs and whatever you'd bring. So Jamie and I went as uh, two Eastern European <laughs> <laughs> fans. I was Vlad, and I forget who who Jamie was. But we adopted um, Ukrainian or something type accents. But then, so let, to be honest, I I didn't know any Slaughter songs. I still don't. I didn't know any of the names of the guys in the band but as we're waiting in the line that's like 7 people long to get our CD, get our CD signed. I'm looking at the album finally just to try to get some background information just in case, I don't know, something comes up and I have to know something, maybe somebody asks me something about the band. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to have something like queued up to lay out there to make it seem like I know anything about them. I'm looking through and it's like their drummer has this incredibly eastern european name Uh war War warziak you know it's like alexander warziak or something i i guess he was new and i was like oh shit we're gonna go up there we're already locked in because we'd been in line like making a big show about how we barely speak english because of our accents are so thick anyway we didn't get busted i Went up there. I had them sign my CD to Vlad with all of their signatures. And it was my most prized possession for the longest time. I had it displayed in my living room. I still have it. I'm going to find that. I'll take a picture of it. We'll post it somewhere.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. To
2: Vlad. Fucking great. But anyway, I don't remember much about Slaughter. There was one song that they kind of had. Fly to the Angels or something. Um, Quiet Riot was okay, but they didn't play Come on, Feel the Noise. Is that what it is? Yeah, they didn't play that one. They have another, they have two songs. They played the other one,
1: Metal Health.
2: Maybe that Bang was Bang Your it. Head. Bang Your Head. Bang Your That's Head. That's the other one. That's yeah. the other one because they did for their encore. They're like, We can play one more song, Bang Your Head or Come on, Feel the Noise. It's like, Come on, Feel the Noise. Duh. And they did Like,
1: how do you like? I don't know. You've got that's just cruel. Cruel, right? You're gonna be like, not play one of those songs,
2: right? Just to really teach you a lesson. Well, you gotta well, go go see them again.
1: Keeps they have a ver they have, they have a you know a limited fan base, and they need to string them along. I guess. So if they gave it all out at once, you know that just wouldn't make financial sense.
2: I guess, but then it just you know pissed you off because. What if you go see them again? They don't play it again. You, get, you know, It's
1: like, you know, trying to get baseball cards or Pokemon or something, right? Like, you gotta keep getting these packs that mostly have the same shit, but you're trying to, like, mm. there's one thing you need. So you have to keep getting the packs and hoping one of the five cards in there has the one card you need.
2: Right, or like McDonald's Monopoly. Where, exactly. Where Keith, yes. what's his name? This In, like, third grade, second or third grade, he was like... Because, you know, they would... They would always give you two of the three in Monopoly, but you'd never get that last one. And it was always like the most expensive one and like park place and Monopoly, you'd get tons, tons of park places, but they would only like print out one Monopoly sticker somewhere in the country, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was like, dude, I got Monopoly. (sighs) I just don't have any park places. And I was like, Oh shit. I was like, Oh, I think I have a park place. Why don't you bring it in and uh, we'll put them together and we'll, uh, we'll get, the, get the million dollars. Oh, you, you got a park place? I was like, yeah, jackass park places are everywhere. And I was like, ooh. I just thought I was really going to pull one over on him. But then he didn't have Monopoly.
1: He, he didn't have shit. He didn't have shit.
2: He didn't you have know, shit. I
1: have the exact same story. I think that happened to like... Did that just happen Elementary to everybody? Elementary school kids everywhere. Well, there was always some kid somewhere that was saying they had the peace. <laughs> and they might even believed it.
2: I think you he know, did kids believe get
1: confused, it. Kids get confused easily. Uh, yeah, they do. So so my story, is a, I shouldn't say it's the exact, it's a little different. But here's my story. And I don't know why, this is stuck with me. And I think about this from time to time. I probably thought about this sometime in the last month. Well, I think about this it's like... freshly recalled.
2: Twice a week, probably, this stupid... Monopoly. This
0: was
1: fifth grade, and again, it was the same thing. Like, like you know, it's one of these things. It was like in class, like the teacher is talking to us, and somehow, like the topic of McDonald's French fries comes up because it's somehow like used, to, like you know, describe some lesson we're having, and then the McDonald's monopoly gets, you know, we get sidetracked into that. Got
2: to connect it and, to real life,
1: right? And some kid you know and he's i don't know and some some kids like oh well i have this thing and i was like really well i got this and you know and the teacher's like well you two better get together and get that prize but i knew but he's just kind of like sure <laughs> like you know like he didn't do it but like with his somehow with his eyes he made like the the jerk off motion <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> you could tell it i you know i i can't tell it now like i don't know if i could tell it then it's the closest thing i could i don't know that's just what it is in my mind now (laughs) you don't but it may or may not have actually happened well none of this could have happened jesus
2: right none of this
1: could have ever happened like you know how some people might say you know that the earth is only six thousand i've heard that rumor years old but of course, you know, you could say that the universe was, the, you know, I'd say the Earth was created... With age. In its state right. of looking that way, right? Correct. It could be the same thing. Like, the whole entire universe could have been created, like, really just like yesterday.
2: We wouldn't know. Like,
1: none of us could have existed before that. Like, we were simply created. Yeah. In this state yesterday with this history, like, state. But at the same time, if we have all that history... Like, is there a difference between that actually happening? Right. And just being... Because right now, none of that stuff exists anymore. That past is gone. It does not exist. Now, my only... Only the present moment exists. What we were doing, talking about sticks, doesn't exist anymore. Well, I have... It doesn't exist anymore, Adam! Think about that! (laughs) I
2: have 43 episodes on gutterballs.tv that would beg to differ with you.
1: None... But all of the actual time doesn't exist well, I don't you know can about listen that. listen to it.
2: That's a very linear way of thinking. You're you're mm. flirting with powers that you might not fully I understand. I
1: don't know if it's linear. Maybe the opposite of linear It's like
2: point It's point pointular. It's pointulous. <laughs> <point-tooler>.
1: Exactly. Point-tooler.
2: <laughs> so, so it'd be pointular time. I like that. Not pointular time point, point time Pointular
1: time yeah so what's uh well we
2: got side you know how we got sidetracked i was talking about the ambient art chant that yes. subtly fades out now i don't i guess i can whatever it's it's in the next minute but there's they do it for emphasis i think the same way they used that um black monk time Mm-hmm, song mm-hmm. Uh, was it? Was it? I hate you. Is that what they were playing? Yeah, I believe mm-hmm.
1: that was the title of that track. Yes, I hate you.
2: And they used it. They brought it down, and then it's quiet when Walter is pointing the gun in Smokey's face. So it's a nice little sort of way to, you know, intensify that moment. They do this for the. It's a um for the vagina moment. It's a vaginal lead up for when Maude says, "Vagina," because that had to be. You know, they, they that was a a moment. Maybe not a you know a a joke or like a oh we're gonna get a big laugh here, but it is like but a it's moment. A, it's
1: it's a punk. It's like a
2: punctuation. It is, A China. It's a little maybe not a gut punch, maybe a gut poke. This whole this whole scene again, I'll say it is what I thought was gonna be your second gut punch because when she comes swinging down off that it still puts me off a little bit the sound of it is terrible yes
1: yeah, the sound is terrifying without a doubt like it's awful cuz i guess it's like the pulleys and wires and stuff but like it kind of sounds like some kind of howler monkey it sounds
2: like a hellhound yes it sounds like yeah. a hellhound
1: has been released yeah like i'm not sure like when i first see it even seeing it now like i have to remind myself like at first i think it's like mod going like <laughs> Like, that's her sound as she's, like, waving these paintbrushes around.
2: I think she is doing some screeching, but you can... So, if you look, you listen and you look, it's the dude who makes the hellhound. The dude releases his inner hellhound for that noise because it's right when he turns around Caesar and, like, he kind of flinches
1: back and goes... Ah! That's the dude who makes that horrible screech. Yeah, the dude makes a sound, too. It's just all these sounds together. And they, I swear to you,
2: this is another Foley trick for, like, punches or, like, bones breaking. They'll use celery sticks, and they'll break them and crunch them and crack them. And I think they're breaking celery sticks for this, too, if you listen to it. In and amongst all the pulleying and the screeching, And the hellhounds, there's like little celery sticks that are... And I swear it's something where, as, you know, lifetime movie watchers, we identify that celery stick breaking sound with something painful and, like, off-putting. And they're just trying to make it as uncomfortable as possible. I think that's why they did it. But I'll bet you there's some celery sticks in there. But do you know when she first... So the dude first hears her start to make her descent down the track. It just sounds exactly like a bowling ball.
0: Hmm.
1: The first roll of a bowling ball, like right when it hits the. How astute! Hmm. I said, "How astute!" I did not. I would not have thought of that. Listen to well, it. I think you're probably exactly right. Yeah. Whether it even sounds like that or not, there's just definitely something about her that's bowling ball-like here. Right. Rolling down this alley-shaped corridor. Oh, it's exactly like a bowling ball.
2: I think it, in fact, I
1: think There's it is. a thud. Is. Yeah.
2: And then that sound of it, you know, of it when it mm-hmm. first starts going.
1: Yeah, well, it's even in the, like, uh, subtitles. It says thudding. Right. When you hear that, it's exactly like a bowling ball. Dropping.
2: so It's almost mm. like she drops onto the track and then begins her descent. So there you go. There's there's some things. Um, I guess we can keep moving semi-chronologically here. Sure. But, so, right at the start of our minute, right at 43 colon zero zero, and a little before this, but we don't even have to go back. Visual note, this... It's very dark with this light flooding in from what I can only assume is either a hallway to the rest of the building or maybe some sort of weird foyer that she's got. Light flooding in and the dude is rimmed in silhouetted by this light. This is much of what goes on here in this apartment in this scene for the dude comes back to him later and his motivation for the second dream sequence with Saddam and the <clears throat> stairway to heaven and the uh, mod with the trident and the dancers. So if you go to...
1: I think you're completely right.
2: If you go to 12053... Not another nice catch, Adam. Well, some of this, like... Because this scene, I wouldn't have noticed it, except this scene from the second dance number... I have finished the textbook. I read the whole thing. The Big Lebowski, Making off. So this scene was fresh in my mind. I can't remember if they said that it was motivated by the apartment scene or not, but I'd been thinking about this. Either way, Whoa. he comes around the corner, there's the light, He's silhouette, big shadow on the thing. I don't want to get too much into that minute.
1: We've talked about, you know, especially with the dialogue, how all this stuff comes back, you know, in the parlance of our times. Right. Et cetera. This aggression will not stand. All that stuff. The most obvious examples. We've discovered some more subtle examples. But this is a visual example. You want... And I think it totally makes sense, you know. So I think there's other... I'm going to do you one better. It totally fits in this into this movie. Cuz yes. cuz
2: that's sort of like, oh, I see how that could be whatever. But I want you now to go to um where are we? 4305, please. And I want you to look at the giant red painting that's on the wall on the right. Oh, Shh. the scissors. Friggin' scissors. Giant, giant scissors. Those are about to scale too. Yes. When? And they're—it's red. Like the whole background is red. It's like, why are the nihilists all of a sudden in red? That's what—they're basically embodying this
0: painting here.
1: Painting. There it is. Nice. I mean, shit. You're full of I'm, amazing catches here tonight, Adam. You are on fire. I'm in fuego. Well, en fuego. When yes. you watch
2: the movie, you know, when you actually watch it a couple of times, the minute it helps.
1: Yeah. I'm
2: going to write that down.
1: One thing while we're talking about uh, artwork. Again, this is you know I'm operating. You're you're like six levels above me right here. So this is like a very just kind of like pointless comment. For the first time, it's just something that red letter notice in the
2: history of podcasting. Mark
1: it down on the left. On the left hand side, she has then there's that other piece of artwork. Uh huh. What is like that painting that has like white, black, and red kind of swirly? I guess there's a little blue in there too. Right with a head attached to it. Mannequin head attached to it. Right. Well, Just something I'm going to put out there for the listeners when you watch this. Look for the mannequin head. I never noticed the mannequin head before.
2: Yeah, nobody, me either. I noticed it in watching I, this minute, but not yeah, before
1: that. Never before. First time I noticed, there's like a mannequin head like attached somehow to this painting.
2: Now, you know, that's cool. You make the painting 3D. Basically, you can put other things on it's there. It's what like they
1: call mixed media.
2: Mixed media. Lynch puts his dead frogs up there, or has yeah. ants crawling around. This is good. But let's, uh, so at 4328, there's another painting behind that one, on the back wall. Which I can't tell if that is um, a, a cow-colored... A Hereford colored man taking a leak or having some sort of sexual explosion or if it's that guy from the beginning of Lethal Weapon 2 where Riggs and what's his name have to go and there's that guy downtown with a flamethrower you remember this no
1: I never saw Lethal Weapon 2.
2: You're a poor excuse for a movie watcher. Well, if you're going to skip any, you should skip Lethal Weapon 3.
1: Well, I skipped that one, too.
2: Lethal Weapon 4?
1: Nope. Is that the one with... Well, I guess he's in all of them, isn't he? Joe Pesci.
2: Yeah, well, he's in 2, 3, and 4. Well, you've seen Joe Pesci, then, in some of them. I'm,
1: like, aware that the movie had... Like, I see the commercials, and, you know, I remember the commercials on, like, cable TV growing up and stuff. Hmm. For whatever reason, I just never I don't know. Just never never can I never connected with that one. Riggs with any of that with that with that whole franchise.
2: Riggs and Danny Glover battle a armor suited flamethrow wielding guy. He kinda looked like this fella, except he was all silver.
1: I mean, all I can see is like it's blackness and then there's some white splotches. That's because Which granted, if you just kinda like look at the splotches, it does kinda seem like a reclining man that could be involved in some type of erotic escapade so you can't see, are, are you watching the movie on your iphone no it's on my computer right now
2: it's the itunes, iTunes version version do you need to in, like adjust oh. your screen settings or something you seem to have a hard time picking out some of these details because i have no problem seeing it
1: what are you looking at are you looking at uh, iTunes on your computer screen? Correct. You're talking about directly above, as far as the frame is involved, the mannequin head painting.
2: Yes. And it's on the back wall. It's behind it, yeah. too.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Although... In, is there, like, a shot where it's more illuminated or something?
2: I'm at 4328.
1: Yeah, I don't know what you are making out there.
2: Well, it's clearly... I mean, he's... The perspective, like, whatever, it's it's cockeyed you know so he's at an angle
1: right well that's where i get the reclining from
2: yeah but i just get it like we're looking at him maybe art we're laying on the ground or something like it's a weird angle that we're seeing him or her i think
1: we might just be like seeing these splotches and like a rorschach thing just like seeing a completely different thing oh no doubt no doubt all it really is is kind of like some white forms in the blackness
2: okay you might be right I mean I'm pretty sure I'm seeing a humanoid or humanid or a hominid.
1: I mean I think it does seem humanoid ho- like
2: or hominid like. It looks like something that sounds like what it is. But here's the weird thing about it. If you look at the left edge of the painting, there's like another one that's just on the edge of the screen that we can't really see. And there's a little space between them. Do you see that?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So
2: follow it down and look where the hominids feet would be.
1: Right. At, they go out of the frame. They go
2: out of the frame.
1: It's another mixed media. Riddle me. Th- so that's laying on top of the canvas.
0: Yeah.
2: Do you think they had these commissioned for the movie? Almost
1: certainly, right? No, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I, mm, I don't know. Because how could you
2: find so many paintings that could be commended as strongly vaginal? Otherwise? I
1: don't think it's that hard.
2: Oh, are most paintings especially vaginal?
1: In, especially in L.A. There's a lot of like struggling artist people that would be like, oh, like yeah, you want to pay me some paltry sum to all rights to this work? Sure. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's probably a lot easier than making it. You could just probably walk down the street.
2: Yeah, you could probably find some just... some kind of
1: bohemian artist type and be right. like, all right, I'll take these. Here's, you know, 200 bucks. All right. Thanks.
2: Bohemian or like, Irie, Irie, Ramman, that kind of thing. That's Jamaican, isn't it? Ah, gotcha. Another audio note. And this, this goes along with the, the possible ease of finding strongly vaginal paintings in Los Angeles. This, where they shot this was right above where they shot the uh, dance quintet scene with Marty and his cycle no, okay. it's the same building it's the palace theater and it's on uh, I had the address here it's on 630 South Broadway now this is downtown LA I put this in here I don't know if it'll actually work if you, it's a huge link.
1: But, one of those Google Mappy links.
2: Yeah, but then you have to click Street View there and you can see it. So this is one, two, three, four, like six lanes of traffic outside. And my audio note was that at Where is it? At um 4348. They must have needed to keep some of the original uh wild track like sound recorded on set while they were recording because you can hear a brake squeak clear as day from probably a bus like a transit public transit bus or something
1: well those are the things that add texture right and even if your, your brain doesn't have any idea that actually happened it's somehow I think lulls you into a sense that this is like somehow real.
2: It adds a a layer of realism, definitely. But it's something you wouldn't get had they gone to a studio and shot this scene, you know. Unless
1: it was added in with Foley. Well, that's what you I know, mean. Like, but you now the audio doesn't have enough texture. You probably some wouldn't even think faint to do street it
2: because they didn't add street noise. You know, they did a good job of like eliminating all of it except for that brake squeak, which is such like a high pitched, like. Mm, It just comes, like, railing right through the entire mix. But it's okay, because it does add texture. You might not think to put that in there, you know? Maybe you would, but in this case, I know they filmed it on location. We have a link here. You can go and look out. Did I put it here? All of the locations, film locations for the Big Lebowski?
1: I don't know if you did.
2: All right, I'll put it in here. It's pretty cool. Anyway, that's how I found this. Palace Theater, South Broadway. Downtown Los Angeles. Otherwise known
0: as the Fountain Theater. I have... I guess I'll
2: just... It's fine. I'll admit that I did it. I wanted to see if... The... The mod that's like coming flinging down, rolling down and is actually on the track like swinging down through the corridor mm-hmm. I wanted to see if that was actually Julianne Moore or not see if I could tell that or if it was a stunt double um i couldn't I couldn't
1: really tell you can't tell although it, it it's far from conclusive far far from conclusive. but it, I can kind of see it not being her. Me too. It kind of doesn't look like her in a couple of these frames. It's the hair, I it's think. The hair partly. and the and it's her nose, the face. Like it just doesn't. You can only see such a small amount of it because like the hair is in the way. Yeah. I just don't think. Just don't think it's her. But I can't. I can. It's, like I said it's far from definitive. Right. But my gut tells me,
2: no. Now, the other thing about this is, in examining this woman's body frame by frame, she's wearing uh, flesh-colored panties to disguise her vajayjay so that you're not seeing her vajayjay. Because when Julianne Moore is lowered down and turns around. I don't believe she's wearing any flesh-colored underthings down there.
1: I think she might be. Yeah? Like, her buttocks are available.
2: Yeah, they're... Well, ha- what they well have they're one that,
1: available to be seen, I should say. But, like...
2: They have one that presses on the front with, like, adhesive or something? No, I
1: feel like there could... It could be some type of, like, thong situation. Like
2: a string? A really Because thin there string. is,
1: like... It's hard, again. It's hard to tell because it's oh, not very no. close. But you can. It kind of looks to me. No, I see what you're saying. Like she is wearing some kind of flesh-colored thong. Yes. For this scene. Oh, I think. And you're maybe right. you're not really supposed to notice it. You're supposed but, to think you know, she's naked. If you kind of. Yep. Yep. Or maybe it's what she, you know. Maybe it's what Maude wears to do this. I mean, still, you know, she's pretty naked. You know, she's uh, topless and wearing nothing but these. Uh, I don't know, are they boots? I
2: guess they're they're really into boots around these here parts. Yeah, these
1: boots. She's just wearing boots and this thong underwear. That you're not I supposed mean, she, to really
2: notice. Because if this isn't a normal thong type thing, I can kind of see what you're saying now. It goes way up, like mm-hmm. almost up to her waist, like on the sides, like way up. I just don't feel yeah. like this is something that Maud would wear.
1: A well, unless thong? it's somehow part of her ritual for this painting, that, but... It could be. You know, hmm. does the female form make you uncomfortable?
2: Well, it makes her uncomfortable. She had to cover a part of it up. Um, so, yeah, I don't see it. It doesn't... I don't like this character-wise, her wearing this.
1: Uh, uh, so we could say that she's supposed to be naked. It's simply a...
2: We're seeing through the veil a little bit. It's an effect, yeah by, yeah, by
1: examining this too much.
2: Yeah. Cause up until now, I had always just assumed that she was naked, except for yes. the boots. Yes. But nope, not not naked. So scratch that one off the uh, full on, full frontal and rearal nudity from Julianne's resume.
1: Yes. Damn it! Thought we had not, one there. Well, not that. Well, I think we do have, one. we made a pretty important discovery here, but I would say, you know, you can't necessarily take that off her, well, whatever,
2: yes. Well, I think you can't, the resume doesn't live in the no. world of the film.
1: Right, no, you could definitely take it off her, her, her resume in the sense of this film, but she has accomplished those, that. She. You can't take it off Maud's resume. No, well, I'm saying even Julianne Moore, if you go to Shortcuts, she did that one scene Oh, I, she was bottomless the entire time. That oh, okay. always get seems to get mentioned right. when they mention Julianne more.
2: Yeah, I seem to remember that. I was just saying, take this film off her resume for a full frontal
1: rear roll. So, I mean, really, she's so far away; it's very, it's, it's barely distinct. Yeah, I, that it doesn't. It's not. It's one way or the other. It. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Hmm.
2: I can really see the dude's bruise on his mouth a lot better in this scene than the other scenes, especially right, no. at 4356.
1: Yeah, so if we're going to talk about this, here's another thing where well, you are going to possibly <laughs> destroy me, right? Okay. For For this. Okay. But not until watching this scene did I ever notice the paint splatters on the dude's face. Well... Never noticed it before, even though in the next minute she's like, oh, your face, and hands him a towel. Right. Uh, I thought she was somehow referring to his bruise. Again with the bruise. Like, I never noticed that there were these paint flecks all on his forehead, down like the, his right, our left side of his face, from her swinging the brush around. She got it all on his face.
2: Yes. Now, I, did I erase it? Where is it? I wrote something down about this. I think I must have erased it accidentally. Wait, is that.? It can't be. I had it written down. Anyway, so yes, there's paint splatters on his face, which you can clearly see at 4356. This is another one of those, like, maybe it's all right, maybe it's not. You can. Actually, you can barely see the paint splatters at 4356. You kind of have to let it play till 4406. Yeah, if
1: you get there, it's really close up and you can really see it. So
2: what I'm saying is I don't think the paint splatters are there at 4356.
1: No, they're there. Barely. I I mean, it's, again, far away. It's hard to tell, but they're there. It was probably done in this... I don't know if it was done the same, but, I mean, it's... uh... They're definitely there. There's no doubt about it. I don't. They're in the same place. There might same be formation. some doubt about it.
2: I mean, I guess I can see, but they could be anything from that distance.
1: If that's the only shot you ever saw of him, like in this scene with the paint on there, you would be very hard pressed to notice it. You just might think it's just, you know, you might, yeah. it's not. Could shadows, is it could be shadows. Uh, it could be. Yeah, it kind of looks like. Maybe, psoriasis. Yeah, just he has some, yeah, just looks like spots on his skin. Like just some, like, you know, f- you know fleshy, flesh dermal <laughs> variation pigment thing. Flesh, wait, I'm going to write that down.
2: Fleshy <laughs> dermal <laughs> pigment variation. All thing. right. <laughs> I like it, that's very nice. So paint splatters, I'm no, I'm not going to freak out about that. I mean, I can't believe you never noticed it before because like you said, she does hand him the towel, your face, you know, because later she addresses the bruise. The towel was for the paint. But check out, if you will, minute. I'm trying to see where the best. Let's do it here. Let's do it at, um, 4325, and I want you to look at the lampshades for these work lamps.
1: Okay.
0: And tell me what you notice. Um... I don't know. Okay. Go to 43,
2: 14, 15, somewhere in there. 13, 14, 15. All
1: right. Huh. Okay.
2: And look all around the edges of the painting and tell me what you see.
1: I think I see a lack of paint splatters. On any of the lamps. Yes, even though there's paint splatters all around them. Everywhere. On the floor. Right. On the floor, all
0: up and down the hallway, on the dude. Well, yeah. Here's
1: the big question. After she goes... All right. I believe there are paint splatters on there. On where? If you go to 4335
2: you're so full of it
1: you're closer into them and you can see paint again the planes the paint splatters the specks are so small they almost don't show up I don't see any paint splatters there I see splatters on well, you,
2: them. you're seeing what
1: you want to see it's another Rorschach test it could be I mean again, it's so indistinct the resolution on this even at like quote unquote hd which I'm not sure how they yeah. Made this. Right. I mean Which lamp in
2: particular do you see paint splatters on? I mean I see on?
1: on both, it's easier to see it on the right one.
2: There's three.
0: What do you mean both?
1: Well no, if you go to like okay, right now I'm at forty three for example.
0: one. All right. So these are the back ones.
1: Yes. But you can get get a much closer look. You can see some little dots on there. That could be
2: a shadow because there's holes around the uh, back part of the shade.
1: Mm-hmm, that could be mm-hmm. light spilling out of there and like I don't think we're looking at this. I'm looking at individual little tiny flecks.
2: Yeah, I'm not seeing any individual little tiny flecks there.
1: Well here's an exercise. So here we go. So if you're a listener, go to forty three forty one. See if you see any flex on those lamps and let us know. There's no... Go to gutterballs.tv and use the contact form there to let us know. I'd be curious. What a great idea, Brad. Sometimes... You have a great idea, Brad. Sometimes, Adam. (laughs) Very rarely, but sometimes.
2: You already broke your promise, Brad. I was waiting to see what Uh, you do. Damn it, man. I'm sorry, sir. It's all done, man. Yeah, it's fucked. (sighs) Some say that um, I am in part credited with, uh, I don't want to say founding, but um, being the... uh, the, uh, the torch, carrying the torch, if you will, of secret teachings that would eventually become the Kabbalah given to me by my father, Adam. But now I am actually my own father, so I guess that's even better. I invented the teachings it's instead of just one of, of these carried
1: linear, pointal, pointular. pointular things. Hmm. You're both the father and the son.
2: Well, we're all the father and the son, then. If that's the case. She says, ayudame Abajo. As she's being lowered down to the ground by Uko and Rocco, which I just can't make out their names. Uh, Oingo and Boingo. But she says, Ayudarame Abajo.
1: I think she says, Ayudame Abajo, not to split hairs.
2: Well, that's what I thought. But I did translate... And it said, ayudarme abaho, help me down, instead of just.
1: Ayudarme abaho would be. And it sounds. I don't know if you can even say that, but, it, but I, I mean, you have to conjugate the verb ayudar.
2: It even sounds like she says ayudarme abajo."
1: All right. Well, you know, I'm not far from an expert, so I'll go with what you say.
2: You're not far from an expert. So you're, is there one sitting there next to you? I'm pretty sure she says "ayudarme." I mean, let me Could let's be. do it again. Let me Could see be. it again. Could be. Could be. No, "ayudame." No, but I think you're I, right.
1: Uh, but she did. Um, yeah, she does have the penchant. She she plays it a little fast sweetness. and
2: loose with her language. She's has this affectation with this. She might just be. It might be her own special brand of Spanish. You know. She doesn't
0: conjugate where she comes from. What is this accent she has? What's it called? The... N-
1: northeast?
2: N- n- Norse. The Norse. Norse. Nordic. Uh, no, it's got its own special.
1: Yeah, our linguist talked about it. Yes. Damn it.
2: <sighs> we don't remember our own... I saw some movies?
1: You you did?
2: I did? Movies? Movies? Coitus? Oh, and I just want to also point out that she says her art has been commended as being strongly vaginal. Yes. Not accused of, or written off as, or criticized for... Commended. Commended. Yeah, no,
1: I love it. I well, love that it. that is a, that's one of the great lines of this film.
2: Yes. Oh, yes. Top 14, maybe. Top 12 to 14. Strongly yeah. vaginal.
1: Yeah.
2: It's not, it's not a day-to-day. It's not a go-to. Right. But once in a while, it's the perfect, the perfect word, the perfect phrase. You can, Isn't... a lot to play with. Yeah. Too. Well, there,
1: I think there's a lot to work with here with Maude, dialogue-wise, coming up. It's a treasure trove, I think. <laughs> it is. Is that what this is a picture of? In a sense, yes. My work has been commended as being strongly vaginal.
2: And that's the end of my our art, minute. My art,
1: not my work. Right, yes. my art. It ends right... Well, yeah, the minute ends right on a strong line. Yep, on another gem.
2: And then... The look, just, the look of disgust, right at the beginning of this minute, confusion and disgust when the dude is first walking down the corridor trying to, you know, parse out what the hell he's looking at, in the lights there, like what is going mm-hmm. on, the look of, it's this mixture, I can't even tell if it's more disgust or more confusion, it's like, con- con it's like, dis completely
1: baffled yeah i mean when he first comes right out of the darkness it does it definitely does seem um there's some kind of disgust happening but then when it cuts so then it cuts to the reverse you see the painting and it cuts back to him a lot closer i think then when it cuts back it's most it's just pretty much kind of confusion and but not even like, 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 it's almost a, a little bit of a playful confusion, like a quizzicalness. Hmm. A quizzicality. Yes.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I guess it starts out a little more disgusted and turns to quizzicality.
1: So here's something that I'm just noticing right now because I'm looking at his face. Uh huh. So I'm at 4315. Well, he's I'm got his iTunes. jellies on again. but I'm at the iTunes version. Yeah, it's, you mostly can't see that here. You're just seeing his face. But okay. you see. His mouth is open because he's kind of exploring. Like, and you go, kind of, he's like, huh. Yeah. But it looks, one of these things just looks really effing weird. It does. It's almost like the inside like, of his mouth is pure black. It's so weird. It almost you looks can like see,
2: they composited like pho- something. It
1: almost looks like with Photoshop, you took a picture of someone and like, did the little lasso effect or something and hit delete. It, it's very weird and artificial looking. It
2: is. I guess he's lifting his tongue up. And so it's all black, and then his lips oh. are kind of curled over the teeth. But yeah, yeah, that's really weird looking.
1: It just looks, it looks really, really weird. It's one of the things you'd only notice if you stopped it. Like, yeah, 4315 or
2: 4316, it's just like, bam. That is, I'm taking a, oh, I can't take a screen grab. I've got to do it with my iPhone, huh? Mm. Yeah. That's really, free. and it's like you didn't even spend a lot of time with the lasso tool. You, right, you just, It looks
1: really, really primitive. You didn't I feather it,
2: you know, you just kind of went click, 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 delete. I think
1: is what they did. I think it's just some combination of like the way the lighting was and his mouth was dark. I don't know. Could his mouth be like that pitch black? It in is. Reality? It,
2: because if you back up a little bit, you can see, I think it's in the pre, oh no, it's this, it's 4310. His tongue, you can see his tongue there. The mouse still looks a little weird, but you can see his tongue.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't look completely black. You can kind of see his tongue. It's lifted up. And then as he gets closer, well, it cuts back, and then when it cuts back, it's just pure black. Like, just, there's no, like, great, what makes it weird is there's no, like, transition where it's kind of like, okay, his, his red lips, then it's kind of like gray and goes into shadow and blackness. It's just, like, red. It's like, if you looked at it, like, zoomed into the pixel level, it's like, one pixel level is like a fleshy red lip color. Then the next pixel next to it is pure black.
2: There's a tiny bit of tongue back there. Tiny bit, which you can't see because you've got to calibrate your monitor, I guess. I can see I a guess. tiny, tiny bit of it. I'm taking a picture with my iPhone. Let's see if that works at all. It's not the best way to do things. but Ooh, that looks even creepier when you do it that way. It's, yeah, that. See, when you take a picture of it with your phone, it looks even worse. Looks terrible. It's, um. Yeah, that's creepy. The total eclipse of the dude's tongue. Total eclipse of the tongue. The
1: total eclipse of the tongue. You know. So you're you're gonna say you saw some movies?
2: Oh, I did. Well, I saw Pacific Rim there. Not much to okay. say about that. Whoop-de-doo, it's ro- not much to say. Robots and you're aliens right. smashing each other around, which is exactly what it's I wanted when I made, went into the movie.
1: It's made for a very specific, I think, kind of genre fandom person. It's not people who love mechs. Yeah. And like it's kind of like this has this whole like anime. Godzilla-type thing happening. Like, it's really a love affair kind of a thing going on there. And if you're not into that, you're not going to be into the movie that much. It's definitely not something like... Oddly enough, it's going to be weird. Like, Transformers, for as ridiculous as that is. Well, it's got Shia La- La goof in it. It's, so. like, made like... Um, I don't know. It's somehow the movie makes more sense than Pacific Rim, I think, to the average audience oh, absolutely. in America, at least. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because this, like, sticks... Pacific Rim is kind of sticks like in the sense that I think most people don't know what to do with it, mentally. So like, what's going on? I might beg why, to differ Why with is that? this a movie?
2: I would say people who didn't grow up with it maybe feel that way, and people of a certain age. But sticks, they were immensely popular in their heyday. I think
1: Pacific Rim was pretty popular, too. Was it? Yeah, it was pretty popular. Alright. Not like a blockbuster.
2: Not a Transformers.
1: Not a transformer it's another... You know, the thing you know, it's not like Kansas. <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: hey, hey. <laughs> Second time I saw Sticks was in nineteen ninety-five. Jones Beach Amphitheater on Long Island. Joss Whedon and I went to see them. Hellacious traffic. We were like an hour and a half late to the show. We were freaking out. We get there. It's like, shit, it's you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock. The show was supposed to start at 6.30. Shit! We walk in and like we kind of hear like uh, music going we're like god damn it we're missing the show and just as we like walk into the actual amphitheater from like the whatever area walking up to the door and we like swing into the amphitheater and look down to find our seats the last like chord is ringing out and we realize we had not missed any of sticks in fact we had just missed the entire opening act. Literally, the last chord was just echoing around the amphitheater. Kansas. And we had missed the entire set. And we were like, I think we high fived. Yes! We missed Kansas! That's how I feel about Kansas compared to Sticks.
1: Well, I guess Kansas opened for Sticks, so I guess you're, you're, you're kind of right there.
2: Yes, Kansas opened for Steve.
1: I never would have put it that way.
2: Well, you got Come Sail Away, Blue Collar Man, Mr. Roboto, for whatever that's worth. At least it's on the national conscience. That's true. Uh, Renegade, Lady, Babe. You know, there's tons.
1: But I've never heard of any of those songs.
2: Brad, would you
1: stop it? Whereas I do know, like, Kansas... I think.
2: You know the song Lady. Kansas
1: does Dust in the Wind, You're right?
2: so full of shit, man. You say the craziest shit.
1: <laughs> yes, they Mr. do Dust Roboto in the Wind. is the only sticks song that I knew outside of you. And I know that because MTV had their like top ten worst videos of all time countdown. And number three was "Sticks, Mr. Roboto. Y-
2: you're going to sit there and tell me you had never heard of the song Come Sail Away. Nope. No, you're not going to tell me that?
1: Or no, or no you it. hadn't heard of it? So, I have to ask you this question about sticks. When did you, like, first become aware of them? Like, was it like the whole... Um, when they did... Uh, um, the blah, 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 Show Me the Way? Like, was that like your gateway? Because oh, like, that was like a popular song no, in like 1990. No. And you're like, oh, oh. I'll, this is an interesting song. I like this. Let's Brad, examine their back catalog. Brad,
2: you insult me. I went to see them in 1990 when they were touring in support of the album that had Show Me the Way on it, even though I was only 13.
1: That's what I was going to say. Okay, so this is like, you know, you were indoctrinated at like a very young age. Uh, right?
2: Yes, a very like you young age. You were like age.
1: six, spinning the vinyl.
2: Probably, yeah. All
0: right. Yep. My older brother. So he was like eight. He was
2: ten. Nine or 10. 10 or ten. Maybe maybe eleven. Who knows?
1: And well he was probably and when he was six, Sticks was probably hot stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes. They were totally hot stuff. Cause they didn't have their first number one song until nineteen seventy nine, believe it or not. So and that was Babe of all things.
0: Off Cornerstone.
2: Like what? I still you never heard a blue collar man, Brad. I
1: think I just realized that Babe and Lady are two different songs.
2: I saw poltergeist and I made my daughter watch it. Cause she nice. wanted to. She wanted to. It's like, all right, let's watch it. And then she started chickening out and then her friend was over. I was like, Alright, you wanted to watch it. We're watching it. And then, so it first came on, and, like, they're over there being all cocky. You know, you turn all the lights out. It's like, and let me tell you, that movie looks good. Like, really good.
1: Yeah, I would want to be interested in seeing that now.
2: Like, crystal clear. Like, looks really good. But anyway, they're over there being all cocky. And it's like, he starts counting down the thunder and the lightning, you know. The lightning goes, and then he's counting. And it's like they started getting like, hmm, and then the fucking tree comes through the window and yanks him out and starts eating him, and then they just shut the fuck up pretty much. And it was like eyes wide, looking at the television, and I was like, yeah, that's right. And the special effects are not good in that movie, but it's There's all of the nothing
1: special about these effects.
2: But it's everything. Other than that, that's so damn freaky. That clown, Brad. That clown is terrible. Do you remember the clown?
1: I can't say that I, I do.
2: Well, he's got the clown doll in his room that sits on the chair. And just looking at him with his maniacal, <laughs> maniacal beady little clown eyes with its jaunty little hat. And he, he'll, he throws the blanket over it. And then he tries to do it again. Oh, it's just awful. Anyway, it held up pretty well as proud of it I think those are the two big ones poltergeist Pacific Rim and then I did have a dream about um, the founders of Google nice the weird thing about that though is that if you would have asked me like right before I went to bed that night can you please name the founders of Google I would not have been able to do it. I would have been like, oh, damn, I should know this. I go to sleep and I have this dream. And in my dream, I remember their names perfectly. And even the next morning, I'm like, wow, I had a dream about Larry Page and is it Sergey? Sergey? I don't know how to pronounce I, it.
1: I would normally say Sergey. Sergey, right? But- I've, but now like, I'm looking at normally, it, normally, like I've heard Sergey, like that's a name, like you know, like that's that a is stereotypical a name, kind of Russian name, Sergey. But I've but never I've seen it spelled like recently, this. Recently, well, I've heard recently people pronouncing Serge or Sergi. So it's yes. like I don't know if it's a different name or we just in the height of the Cold War were mispronouncing that name all the time.
2: Because Surge is All a these name. these
1: 80s movies. It was Sergey. Yeah, so if, I don't if know. If you
2: if you delete the Y off the end of because it's spelled S E R G E Y. Yeah. If you delete the Y off the end of it, it would be Serge. It wouldn't be Serg. So maybe this is Sergi. Actually, now that I'm saying that, Sergi, Sergi. That feels pretty good. Sergi, Sergi Bryn. Anyway. According
1: to youtubecom slash pronunciation order, it's Sergey. Huh.
2: Alright, well, there you go. Sergey Brin and Larry Page. So In my dream, I knew them. And we're on the surface of the planet. This planet, as far as I know. And they're setting up their latest endeavor. And it's just, like, the two of them. And I'm there, and, like, maybe five or eight other people. And it's, like, this... it got, like, this... Almost, like, a... Looks like a sandbox. No sand in it, though. But it's, like, that size, and I... I come to realize it's like a miniature launch pad. And this is their their latest endeavor, but it's like very early trial stages. They're just testing it out. And I'm kind of flattered to be there. I work in education, and they're like, oh, you work in education? Well, we kind of work for you then. I was like, okay, whatever that means. They bring this device out and place it in the center of the sandbox sized launch pad and it's a box about 18 inches on on a side so it's a cube except one side of it the side facing up is a mirror and it's a little wider than 18 inches so it's like like a plate on top of it, it's a mirror and they're like "All right." so we're launching this into the center of the sun now. I'm like, excuse me? Yeah! We can launch it, and it can go into the center of the sun. Well, not all the way. It can get 32 feet from the center of the sun. It's like, okay. And they're like, Phew. And it just goes, whoo! And the sun is getting towards evening, so it's towards the horizon. And we're kind of on... Like, the, where we are is just this vast plane. And you can almost, like, see the curvature of the Earth. In fact, you can. Like, towards the edges of the plane, like, you can see the, it curving down. So it's almost like the proportions and dimensions are all kind of messed up. Like, we're almost on an incredibly tiny version of Earth or something. <clears throat> Maybe it's not even Earth. Maybe it's supposed to be the Moon, but it's just flat. It looks like the Great Salt Flats. So this thing goes up, it takes about, here's another thing where dimension and scale are messed up, it takes about 12 seconds, 15 seconds, and it enters the sun, and they're explaining like, well part of this experiment is that it reveals the influence of the sun. In other words, how far out like its direct Influence is Whatever that I don't even It goes in there it's good. And Yes No go on go on And all of a sudden It's like Bam And the sun Which had been It's normal sort of Marble size Suddenly Balloons out And it takes up Probably one fourth Of the sky And it has turned Almost Black Like dark Dark charcoal gray with fissures and cracks coursing over its surface with like I was going to say magma or lava but it's plasma probably and it's almost as if it is on the verge of engulfing the earth and it's hovering there kind of shaking with these plasma cracks and streams and rivulets running through it and they were like oh boy We didn't want that to happen. We're like... And everybody kind of like... The same realization dawned on all 15 people at the same time. Like... Oops. We may have just exterminated the human race. And then the sun... Like the magnitude of our folly was revealed to us in a... Not quite blinding flash. The sun... Starts... Moving. But quickly... Like, like a shoot, like half the speed of a shooting star might move, just almost off the horizon, and just before it like gets out of sight, stops, and we're like, "Oh shit, it's gonna get really cold," and then it s- kind of slowly comes back, and go and goes back into place, and then I think I woke up. No, and then a solar flare like a giant solar flare almost as tall as like the sun was wide comes cracking out of it but instead of it being on fire like the base of it's on fire it looked like those you know those worms those snakes you light
1: yeah 4th of um, July
2: that's horrible so it comes out like that but huge you know like taller than the sun is wide <laughs> cracking and humping out of it and then it breaks off and comes hurtling and spinning (laughs) towards the earth the journey was probably like seven seconds for it to spin like twice around its incredible arc and it's like it's going to hit the earth but it was kind of off to the side and the way it was spinning it just kind of like and kind of like wrapped around but didn't actually make contact and i remember just hunching down thinking what are the gravitational effects of that close call going to be and just waiting to be like lurched off the surface of the earth and flung out into space a la gravity or something
1: then i woke up have you ever seen the movie melancholia no i check that one out i see See,
2: I don't think I'm gonna. See, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'd check out quote-unquote check out <laughs> any movies you recommend to me anymore.
1: Right, especially if they're by Lars Van Trier. Jesus. Van, Trier. Oh, Van oh, Trier. oh, he did that, didn't he? And That's exactly uh, that, right, because I was looking up. And it sounds like, uh, yeah, and your whole description there kind of makes me, yeah, inspires me to mention it, so.
2: Well, so now you Understand then, maybe why, on some base level, his movies upset me so.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, his movies definitely are upsetting. All right. Although I'm gonna check out this *Nymphomaniac* movie probably.
2: Did he do that
1: too? Shia LaBeouf. Oh, jeez, I can't. Charlotte, Gainsbourg. So I saw some movies. Let's hear it. I saw *American Hustle*.
0: Oh damn it! How'd you like it?
1: I liked it a lot. It's you know you saw if you saw the trailer with the Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like how can you not fucking think it's gonna be a good movie? You know what I mean? Even if it's not a great movie, it it looks good enough. Just. To look at it, yeah. even. I mean, it just has that style, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just to see everyone in those outfits and the hair. Right. You know, the men and the women. Just the whole thing over the top. Like, yeah, crazy. Good.
2: Yep. Shiny, glitzy. Yeah. Love it.
1: I also saw... Only God Forgives for some random reason. I don't know why. Wait a minute. I just... I didn't that see the movie, is, but I saw this
2: title... Why did I see this?
1: It is a Nicholas Winding. Oh, it's the gauze.
2: It's the gauze.
1: Ryan Gosling. I love the the movie that was described as cinematic defecation. (laughs) Well, It got like booed at Cannes. Did you boo it? No, but it got booed. It was famously.
2: Um. Well, didn't uh, didn't Antichrist get booed at CanCon No, I
1: think it was like the the toast of Con. Ugh. They would you know eat that kind of stuff up, but um, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: you know, yes, the- yes, and it was
1: and it was called by one critic rather famously cinematic defecation. <laughs> I don't know if. Yeah, I could understand why you might say that. But you didn't mind it. I, uh, I kind of, I mean, I kind of got sick of it after a while, and you know, it's just like, yeah, it's just too dark and pointless, I think. You know, or maybe it's just beyond, you know, at some level I'll give it props, because I think the director had some type of vision and want and tried to do that, you know, tried to, like, enact this thing, and he did, and You know, I don't think it was bad in the sense like, oh, it's just a poorly done movie. I mean, maybe it was, but I might give it... I guess I'm trying to give it some... Instead of saying it was just bad, it was more like I didn't necessarily get it and didn't really care for it. But I wouldn't call it... I could understand maybe it's bad, but I guess I'm just trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. Rather than say it's bad, to say that it was just too... Maybe it was just too indulgent and too something. I don't know. Uh, See, I wouldn't call Antichrist a
2: bad movie. I just hated it. Right. There's a difference.
1: Antichrist, I think, well, one...
2: I didn't even hate it. It just disturbed me far, far too greatly. Yeah. But I didn't hate it even. So... (sighs) But you didn't, like, on no level did you personally, you weren't affected by the movie.
1: No, I wasn't. It was just like,
2: eh, okay.
1: Like, yeah, like, um, Antichrist affects you. Yes. Big time.
0: That scene with the deer. See, I didn't. That's not even
2: the worst one,
1: but yes, that is bad. But that's when it all kind of starts. Oh my goodness! When I'm kind of like, I was kind of like, oh, that was that they, they showed that, huh?
2: Well, that happened. So uh, we have deer that run. There's a a little um animal path behind our home. I mean, we kind of live in the suburbs. We live in the suburbs but it's, you know, we're by a park. There's woods all over the place. Pretty big park. There's coyotes in there, foxes, deer everywhere. And there's a little animal track that runs between our house and our neighbor behind us. So the foxes run there, coyotes, deer. And the other day, I want to say this was like last Wednesday or something. We see this deer running through. My wife's like, oh my goodness, look at it. And I look over, and its back, like by its ass, was all raw and bloody. And for one heart-stopping moment, I thought that that was happening
0: to it, and it was running around like that. But that was not
1: necessarily what was happening.
0: I don't think so. I think it was attacked
2: by a dog or a coyote. But I can't be sure.
0: Now that's upsetting. And it was like, it's so gray and
2: brown and drab and the blood was so bright red
0: On that note,
1: that's your real life. (laughs) My real life anti. Your real life Lars Van Trier moment. Yes.
2: I don't need too many of those, really. I don't. what, What kind of person is he, really?
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either.
1: But only God forgives. Can't recommend it unless. You want to watch it so out I might of, watch like, it Film, filmic curiosity. That's why I watched it. I was like, this movie was booted at canon called Cinematic Defecation. Let's check it out. It's on Netflix. I like, you know, fired up Netflix and was like, oh, new on Netflix. Only God forgives. And I was like, All right, I'll check that out.
2: What does that mean, Cinematic Defecation? Like anybody can do it, everybody does it, but there's no right. reason to subject some other
0: person to it? Because it's defecation still pretty personal. I think
1: that's a, that's a good question to tell that. I mean I would say it is cuz like I... producing this movie was similar to the act of taking a shit it was as if, as if the celluloid or digital since maybe it's not shot on film whatever you know it's <laughs> as if it was ex, ex, you know as if it was expelled from a anus and it's the last thing you want to have anything to do with.
2: Some of the best moments of my life are while I'm defecating.
1: But it's not the def- But it's not the product of the defecation, right?
2: No, it's the process. So that that's I guess that's what I'm getting at. It's like it yeah. was a totally selfish act. The the making of this movie, with no no merit, no value to any other person.
1: I mean I think it might be indulgent in the way that it's just like this guy said, Okay, let's just do some crazy thing ultraviolet like whatever without many without having any care of whether or not it adds any value to the world or to the audience. But I Which I don't know. Yeah,
2: who cares about that? You're making movies uh, for the audience? Don't you have to make it for yourself? Yeah. That's why I don't know about this if this but is like a- move totally degrading comment this might actually be a compliment
1: well you know if you impact it enough you could be right I don't think you will like it I think of anything it's just kind of boring it has it's moments
0: Mm -hmm.
2: well people went all crazy over drive and I liked that but I didn't think it was all that it's okay
1: yeah, I thought it was okay. I I thought it was pretty good, and that it was kind of different. So it was, I thought it was kind of <laughs> it was original, but it was original without being like, "Whoa, this is crazy and different." It was like, I didn't think it was that original, was it? I'm not saying the story was a i It had an original feel and energy to it. Okay, I'll get I'm that. I'm not saying like it wasn't like an original story or an original like technical technique, it was just an original, it was just like a film well, that had some, vi- like, like the director had a vision and he executed it, I felt.
2: Talk about original, maybe not for story necessarily, or the idea, but talk about feel and like execution. Another God's vehicle, Lars and the Real Girl. I can't remember if we talked about that.
1: I don't know if we, I don't think we have. I haven't seen that. That, I might watch that. You must watch. I've seen that, That that's on Netflix. I think I added it to my little Netflix list or whatever they call it. Give it. Give it a moment.
2: Don't turn it off right away if you're tempted to, which I don't think you will be, but definitely check that out. That's what I got. Let's wrap this up. We're at an hour and a half. Let's do it. All right, I'm done. Hey, we, you know, I'm proud of us, Bradley, because we actually covered some relevant ground this time.
1: We we did. We talked about the movie. We also veered into some sticks and movies we saw territory. It's a nice balance. It was good. It was fun. It was fun. It's a lot of fun.
2: All right, we will uh, do it do it next time. Yep, next time, Seth. All right, Bradley, an awesome an awesome adventure as always.
1: Excelsior. Next time on...
0: Gutterballs! Whereas without batting an eye, a man will refer to his dick, or his rod, or his... Johnson. Johnson?